there are mysteries involved in writing, as you know, you know, and there's brilliance and there's, there's things we don't have any control over. And, but there are also some things we do have control over. Welcome to 2022, writer friend. It's a new year and it's time to take the next step in your writing life. Whether this is the year you commit to a regular writing schedule or hit send on your book proposal, let's make this new year the season you begin to make real progress in your writing life. Hi, I'm Clarissa Mall, and welcome to The Writerly Life, brought to you by Hope Writers, the most encouraging place on the internet for writers to make progress. Here at The Writerly Life, we help you expand your creativity, explore new techniques, and express your hope-filled words in a world that needs them. We'll help you learn to balance the art of writing with the business of publishing and learn to hustle without losing heart. You have words and your words matter. And as you write them, you can be you, boldly, bravely, maybe even a little scared sometimes. You can be you in your writing life. Welcome to the show, friends. Lean in, grab a pen, let's chat. Here at Hope Writers, we believe that every writing journey begins with a single step, a commitment to write daily, a boost of courage to share your work with others, a longing to share your hope-filled words with readers who need them. January is a great time to talk about habits, and today we're going to dive deep into the rhythms and habits that can help you create a writing life that lasts. You'll find it all here in this episode. Our special guest, Jonathan Rogers, knows all about how habits can form and inform our writing life. An author of both fiction and nonfiction books, Jonathan regularly guides writers into practices that can strengthen their work and help their careers flourish. Lean in as Jonathan tells us more in this Hope Writers Tuesday teaching with host Emily P. Freeman. Can you share with us just right here at the top, what's one really great habit that's just so solidified as a part of your writing life or your life as a writer that just, it's never going to go away because this is just like a part of you? Uh, at the sentence level, I, every sentence I write, I pay attention to what's the grammatical subject and what's the grammatical verb and, um, and make sure those aren't too far apart. I mean, that's, that is a, that's a thing that, that when I start talking to writers about, they say every sentence and, and, but it becomes a habit. And uh, now there are also other habits at sort of the other level, but, but I, when I talk about habits, I'm talking about all the way down to the sentence level and up. Um, so that's a, that's a habit that I am committed to, um, or that I don't have to be committed to anymore because now it's a habit, but really paying attention to that structure. And when you uh, say to make sure they're not too far apart, tell us what you mean. I mean, make sure there aren't too many words between the subject and the verb. I say, get, get through the subject verb nexus pretty early in a sentence. And, uh, and go from there. And go it's amazing it. how much complexity a reader's mind can handle if, if they get through that subject verb nexus early on. Um, but that you, you know, another major habit that I've had to really work on is being willing to write bad first drafts. I mean, giving myself permission to write badly um, and, and not feel like I've got to be brilliant every time I, and I, was, I mean, that, I don't know if that count as a habit or not, or does writing badly count as a habit? But, I feel like it does. I feel like it should. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, it's, it can be so, um, I mean, it's just another form of procrastination to say, I'm, I'm going to wait until I have something brilliant to say before I'm going to write the next sentence. Um, so I, I try to get free from that. 
Yeah, that's good. You also talk about some other habits. I've listed them here and then I might just make you talk about, say a few words about them. These are your words, but I'm gonna make you say more of your words. Sound good? Okay. How about the habit of ignoring the inner critic during that first draft? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I, that, that is what I just, that's another way of saying what I just said, right? That you, um, um, that you, and it's, it's a matter of, of, I, I hear the word, the, the language silence, the inner critic. I don't like that language because you need the inner critic. Like people who don't have an inner critic are lunatics. <laughs> and, and so, you know, it's not, I'm going to silence the inner critic. It's I'm not going to let the, the inner critic silence me. And so I say to the inner critic, I really value what you do, but I need you to let me do what I do right now. And you can come back for the second draft. Okay. So what does that look like for the inner critic to come back for the second and third drafts? Um, it's, it just means um, I, I open myself up to all those, um, all those critiques that I've tried to, to push aside during the first step, uh, during that first draft. Um, uh, I, I mean, I, I, for me, the, the inner critic, you know, I have a very uh, sharp, but I think very wise inner critic. Um, and, and, you know, just to sort of open the door back up. Um, that, that comes back pretty naturally, you know, the, the self-criticism. I try to get in the habit, for instance, of talking to strangers when I can, um, asking them about their job. Uh, people love to talk about their job. But that, what they really love to talk about is their hometown. Um, and so um, um, just for me, the habits of paying attention include um, resisting the temptation to, to ignore people that I don't have any connection to, any obvious connection to. And do you have any habits of recording once you pay attention? What's your habit of recording what uh, you see? Yeah. I, I have mixed feelings about that. Um, I always carry around note cards and I'm always writing on my note cards and then I'm always losing my note cards. <laughs> and, but I've decided I'm okay with that because the note cards always pop back up when I need them. It's the strangest thing. It's, it's almost like the day I write down the note, the day I write down the note is, is rarely the day I need it. And for whatever reason, it's, it's like when I find those cards that are scattered around or, or it'll be a sheet of paper or a, or a notebook that I've forgotten I even, even had. Um, it just feels like forgetting about it. Um, I've, I've gotten where I'm not too worried about, about losing these things because the things that I really need, um, I mean, I'm trying, I'm not trying to be mystical. I mean, there, there are two things I'm, I'm saying. One is the things that are really good. I do tend to eventually remember hmm. or not, if, if not eventually, just, I just don't forget them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also something about putting on a, on a card and the card disappearing that when it comes back, that's when I'm, that's when I'm ready to do something with it. Hmm. Um, and I don't, I, again, I, I'm not trying to sound, you know, airy fairy or mystical there. That's just, just kind of, for whatever reason, I think, I think it has something to do with forgetting about it. That it's, that it's, that my mind is sort of, is ready to deal with it when it, when it pops up again. How about me, you? Do you store things? Do you, do you store things well? Well, I'll tell you what I do is less about maybe recording in the very moment, but uh-huh. I do have a pretty regular practice of reflection, whether that be, um, kind of a morning reflection about the day before. I also do seasonal reflections about kind of what I'm learning or what I'm noticing um, at the end of a month or at the end of a quarter. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of annoying about it. And also I realize that I, I mean, to myself, not 
I don't, I hope to not annoy other people, but, but I've discovered that if I don't do it, I kind of feel like I'm floating around through my life and it's yeah, not right. it's a grounding practice for me. And yeah. that's become a habit that I don't think I realized how much it informs my writing. Mm -hmm. Um, cause, but it does, it really yeah, does. Cause it helps me remember, um, yeah. life really. Yeah. My, my mother, I always, I've always thought this was very odd, but I kind of get it now. She used to have a little note, a little calendar that was about this big that, um, I mean, it had tiny little squares for each day and all she would write on her little calendar was what she ate that day. And, and she didn't have a big variety of, I mean, she, ate, it was usually peas and you know, some rice. And I mean, it, was, it, was, it wasn't, it's not that it was filet mignon and you know, lobster. It was just pretty straightforward stuff. And for whatever reason, just by writing down the, the concrete details of, of that. Um, I think sometimes when we, I, I'm not good about keeping a journal, but one of the things that, that messes me up when I do try to keep a journal is I always want to say, I got to decide what was most important so that I can write about that. Instead of just, I went to the Waffle House with some friends today and here's a funny joke somebody said. And I mean, when I, when I go dig up a, a journal from when I was 20 and I thought I had to say profound things in my journal, it's just horrible. It's just unreadable because yeah. uh, the, the, and what I really want to know is who was I hanging out there? I mean, I, from 20 years ago, I'm a lot less interested in what were my philosophical and theological ideas of 20 year old Jonathan, but I would love to know who I was hanging out with. And I'd kind of like to know what I was eating. Subjects and verbs, noticing, recording. There's so much richness in Jonathan's words, whatever kind of writing you're doing fiction or nonfiction. Habits like these will serve you well. The definition of great writing is, of course, subjective. But as avid readers and writers ourselves, most of us have a sense for what's mediocre, good, and great when it comes to storytelling. One key to great writing is the ability to edit and revise your own work with fresh eyes. Author and book award judge Sarah Arthur shared these four habit-forming tips in a recent Tuesday teaching. Consider adopting these habits as you plan for the new year. Number one, set realistic deadlines. The key here is realistic. Being realistic involves making allowances for the activities and requirements already on our calendars, as well as building in extra time for unexpected events. It also requires us to know ourselves and our work habits. This means taking an unsentimental look at our previous writing projects and how we managed our time and then planning accordingly. Number two, read your work out loud. When editing our own work, it's easy to skim the story as we begin to memorize it subconsciously. Writers who read their work aloud will often hear clunky language, mistakes in timing, gaps in plot, and unrealistic dialogue long after they've stopped seeing it on the page. If you're writing fiction, try reading dialogue in a different accent for each character and see what happens. Number three, read your work in a different format. Consider downloading your manuscript to an e-reader or printing it out on paper. This too shakes up our ability to unconsciously memorize our work because it tricks our brains into thinking we're reading new information. A different format offers a fresh perspective on our familiar story and the language we've used, and it can lead to editing breakthroughs. Number four, Reward yourself to maintain your momentum. Unlike the creative freedom that often accompanies first drafts, revision is tedious work that requires intense focus. 
We're no longer caught up in the main idea or the creation of characters and plot points. Instead, we're focused on the narrative arc, the flow of the language, and sentence-level revisions. Rewarding yourself with a special treat, a walk around the block, or a conversation with a friend can motivate you to keep going. Save your favorite playlist for revisions. Light your fanciest scented candle. Order takeout as a reward for finishing your edits. Think about what motivates you and use it to your advantage. The habits and rhythms of your day matter to your writing life. The words you use matter to your work. From the nitty-gritty of subjects and verbs to the habits you form around editing and revising, all of this forms the beauty of the writing life that can last as you commit to it. And just in case you're tempted to believe that these unglamorous parts of the writing life don't really matter, listen in one more time as Jonathan Rogers tells us why all of these little habits really do count. Grammar is a, is a way to connect to people. It's a way to love people. And so when I think of my grammar, when I think of sentence structure as a way to love my reader, as a way to say, here's this thing I love and I care about and I care about you, so I want you to know about it. And I want you to care about it. And grammar is a way to do that. It's, it's, the shared, it's the shared knowledge that we all have, which we almost always get right. And it's a miracle. And, and it's, um, I love it. I love grammar. At Hope Writers, we know the publishing industry can be daunting. In addition to being a good writer, there's a lot of business acumen to learn. It's easy to become overwhelmed or stall out in your progress. But what if there was someone who could help you get unstuck? The great news is, there is. Our Hope Writers certified coaches work with you one-on-one to help you recover your creative identity, name what matters most to you, and develop meaningful goals without getting overwhelmed. By working with a coach, you'll gain the clarity and confidence you need to make real progress in your writing. If you're ready to develop your craft and grow your platform while enjoying your work for the long haul, find a Hope Writer certified coach today at hopewriters.com writing coach. For writing tips and encouragement, find us on Instagram at hopewriters or at our public Facebook page, Hope Writers Community. Last, a final word from science fiction author James Van Pelt. Writing fiction feels like an adventurous act, nudging aside reality a word at a time. Whether you're writing a historical novel or taking your readers to other worlds in your sci-fi thriller, you can start the new year right by committing to your writing. Start a new habit, revive an old one, commit to outlining your next book, or simply nudge aside reality one word at a time. This year, you can craft your meaningful words without sacrificing your meaningful life. Thanks for listening, writer friend. As you step into this week, remember to keep writing. Your words matter, and we can't wait to read them. If you found this episode of The Writerly Life helpful, be sure to hit subscribe and tell your friends. Rate and review the show and like and comment if you're tuning in on YouTube. Your reviews help others know you found the content helpful. See you next time.